Welcome to Rough Drafts, how God writes his love in our stories, a podcast that explores the faith journeys of our friends and neighbors in Burns, Tennessee. Everyone has a story to tell. And in this podcast, we'll hear powerful and inspiring stories of how God works in the ordinary lives of people like you and me. Our stories are unfinished and perfectly imperfect. They're just rough drafts, a glimpse of what is to come because God is still at work, writing plot twists, introducing new characters, and bringing good even from the most challenging circumstances. Join us as we see what God is up to in our stories. Here's your host, Matthew Hyatt. Sometimes you talk to people about their favorite books and favorite authors, and you know, as a preacher, I'm supposed to know that your favorite book is the Bible. Uh, you know, of course, it's just like whatever, but you know, so then when you talk about favorite books, you have to talk about your second favorite book. And uh, I'm glad that today's guest understands the true and correct answer to what the world's best books are. He is my fellow Calvin and Hobbes nerd. He is a cabinet-making fiend. He loves him from Jurassic Park, and his beard is glorious. Today, you get to meet uh, my friend Taylor Welch. So, Taylor, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. You are so excited about this. It <laughs> Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have a picture of the uh, sarcastic double thumbs up you just gave me. Oh. We'll, we'll do that later, I guess. Uh, what's really cool about uh, this conversation is not too long ago, uh, Taylor's wife, Kayla, sat down and we had this. So this week you get twofer. You get to hear from husband and wife. But what's fun is neither of them have heard what the other said. I sort of feel like we need to do a third show afterwards with the two of you where you have a chance to do a rebuttal. But <laughs> oh, we'll be there. <laughs> It'll be a good time. Well, Taylor, man, you know what question I'm going to ask you, don't you? All right. All right. What's your God story? Well, so growing up, I didn't go to church a lot. You know, we, my mom took us, we were never into it. And she eventually got to a point to where she just quit making us go. Or, you know. So I never felt just a strong sense of faith. And to be honest, never really fully understood what faith was until somewhat recently. If it helps, I'm not totally sure I fully understand that. <laughs> so, um, you know, just didn't really grow up in the church. I had a lot of doubts with it growing up. And a lot of those, I saw a lot of the badness of the world and just wondered why God would let that be. So, just, just never really got it for a long time. So, and none of my friends really had faith. One of them, which from not really friends anymore, is just a very strong atheist. Yeah. So I just didn't really have a push in that direction. So, you know, I just, I just didn't click for a while. Yeah. I think that's, that happens a lot. Well, as I started getting into uh, middle school, I started getting bullied a lot. Never, I don't feel like I ever did anything to anybody to make them hate me. Just, I was just an easy victim. I just, I let it happen. And it only got worse through high school. 
And uh, I never felt like I could talk to anybody about it. I didn't want to, I felt like I'd be a burden at home if I told anybody about it. And it was more emotional and verbal than anything. Right. I could have, I would have preferred it being physical. Yeah, you could see you know? that pretty quick. I'm, I, I had a bull that he used to hit me all the time. Well, I reared back and hit him as hard as I could, told him to quit, never bothered me again. Yeah. I could have dealt with that, but. But the nicknames, the insults, the. The, the worst of it was people telling me that I should kill myself. And that nobody would miss me if I was gone. And, you know, after hearing it from multiple people, not feeling like you can talk about it, you get those thoughts in your head. You start to wonder if it's true. I, for a while, kind of, I started to believe it, you know. And it I can remember a day in school that, they hand out the, the little pocket Bibles. Yeah. Um, so I got one of those. I would carry it around. Sometimes I would try to read it, try to get a sense of faith. Still never really clicked. But it just... There came a day. I feel so weird telling you this because I've only ever told two people. And that was a few months ago. And this was like half of my life ago. Yeah. Now I'm telling everybody. It's all right. There's only two listening. Yeah. So. Thanks, Mom. I uh, had a knife I'd got for Christmas. It was one of those little multi-tools. I took the blade out, and I ran it across my throat, yeah. just wanting that pain to end. Yeah. And, uh, of course, it was dull. It didn't even leave a scratch. Nobody ever knew I did it, but I... I closed the knife. I did it in my bedroom. I laid down and I just cried. Yeah. And I, when I finally I got done, I threw the knife away. I didn't want it anymore because I was, I felt pretty sure that if I didn't get rid of it, I might try again. You'd use it someday. And try a little harder. So that, that happened for a while. That feeling, that kind of loneliness, the hurt. Well, I remember one day in uh, high school, sophomore year, sitting at lunch, one of my friends noticed a girl sitting next to us. Me and them sat by ourselves. All of a sudden, the whole softball team sat by us. Nobody we ever knew. He noticed one. Because she was nosing a book, studying. We had sat by them for two months. We never heard a peep out of her. And it was Kayla. Oh, I, I looked. This is going. Uh, so he asked, he said something about her, and one of the, her friends told her to say hi. She just kind of waved, said hi. And that moment, for the longest time for me, I didn't understand it for a while, but something just clicked. And I've told her many times that moment is what made me believe in love at first sight. Aw. I thought it was when you and I met. Eh, it was second. Okay, it's not that. <laughs> but then here recently, I started thinking of that moment a little differently. Yeah. And it's through listening to, I think it was Debbie Martin's episode of this podcast where she was talking about God nudges. 
Yeah. And I feel like that was a little nudge for me saying, hey, something's different here. It's, it's going to be all right. It was kind of a weird moment for me not believing but wanting to, wanting to have something to hold on to really. What's so cool about this story though is this is this is a smile and a wave. I mean, it's not like y'all, uh, you weren't making out. You know? Right. Like you didn't marry her. She didn't walk and, over and promise to give you babies. Right. It was such a little thing, but it was huge. And that was our only interaction that whole semester. Really? She and I never had a class in high school. It was just, it was a chance meeting. Yeah. Yes and no chance meeting. Right. Um, The following semester, she had a, her lunch group was a bunch of seniors that had home ec. So every so often they would cook and just eat what they cooked for lunch. So she'd sit by herself. So I asked her if I could sit with her. So we started, I'd sit with her on those days. I developed the crush, eventually asked her to go out with me and she turned me down. What'd she say? She was too busy with classwork, softball, which she was. Yeah. I was not the only guy that had asked her. There was a few that I could remember that liked her, but I was the only one of those that didn't just quit being her friend. Yeah. And for a while after that semester ended, I didn't really see her much for two years. Senior year, I was dating another girl. That thankfully didn't work out. We were not good to each other. Yeah. But she had a class with her, Kayla. So I would go in that classroom in the morning and I would just pick on Kayla. So it wasn't long after she and I broke up, me and Kayla got together. And uh, I remember one day Kayla and I were hanging out at her aunt's house because her aunt had a swimming pool. We were swimming. She asked me if I believed in God. I told her no. Because at the time I didn't. Yeah. Because like I said, I couldn't get past all the bad stuff that I could see in the world. I couldn't get past the ways I was, what I had dealt with for a long time, what I was feeling. Well, as we finally, we got engaged. She wanted me to come to the church because she had, this church specifically, she wanted to ask you to marry us. She told me, I want you to at least meet the preacher. She said, wanted me to come at least until the wedding and then after the wedding, she would never ask me again because she knew how I felt. Wow. I remember the first day I walked in the doors of the church, felt like I was walking into my own home. Oh, wow. It was, there were just so many people. It was almost overwhelming that people I didn't, had never seen before that greeted me like I was family. And I could just, it just kind of lit a spark. And my faith finally that has only grown. Now, I, I think some of the biggest impacts that early on would be you and Leslie and John and Kathy. Because I know Kathy was so big into doing all the uh, like the wedding showers. One long after our wedding, we were pregnant. She was there with the baby showers. It was just... It was a lot. I'm sorry. We have a rule on this podcast. We're not nice to the Gabriels or the Hyatts. We'll cut it out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cut it out. 
No, that's that's really cool. Um, you know, I think it it was the following Sunday after our wedding, which I'd only been going to this church for maybe two or three months. Yeah, that I was baptized. That was a big moment. And it wasn't just you and my dad. Yeah, we both got baptized that day, and that I think that was the day I really knew that really clicked to me that it's real. And I've, that was the day my doubts ended. Wow. That. And life has not been easy since then. Not really. Uh, you've had some, some ups and downs. Right. I think it's important that we're honest about, um, well, let, let me go backwards for a minute. Um, it's intense for me to hear you tell this story because since I've known you, um, you have been a good friend and funny and, uh, you like to pick on me and I like to pick on you. And, you know, you're one of the people I know that if I needed something, I could call you and you'd be there to help at a minute's notice. And, you know, I just, that's you. Um, so it, if you had asked me what was Taylor's experience in high school, like, I would have just assumed you were the guy who had a million friends because you're a cool guy. And I think one of the things that's pretty cool about getting to share stories like this, I think our kids sometimes need to hear that who we are today is not necessarily who we were a decade ago or half a lifetime ago or three quarters of a lifetime ago. Um, You know, sometimes that stuff is what makes us who we are today. Not that I wish that on anybody, but man, I, and you had told me before about being picked on, um, and I experienced a pretty good chunk of that too. Um, you know, I had my twenty-year high school reunion coming up, and I thought, do I go to it? I thought, well, they didn't like me then. Why would they now? Right, I didn't go to my ten-year. I skipped it. I had no interest in it. So you know, just kind of getting the story out and saying, this is this is real. This is how life really is. I'm sorry you had that experience. Made me who I am today. Yeah. I don't miss it, obviously, but... You think? I wouldn't really change it. Because if I did, what would be different now? Right. Oh, I I think about the bullies, don't know where they are now, don't really care. Yeah. Just hope they're doing well. I hope they're... Because I don't know what kind of place they were in at the time. Yeah. So... That's something I've thought about is what would lead somebody to feeling they need to do that to somebody? What kind of pain were they in? Was just, I got to a point, I had a younger cousin at the time that I would take a lot of my anger out on him. So I, and I became a bully myself. Hurt people hurt people. And I'm not proud of that. But now that younger cousin is more like a brother to me. Oh, that's cool. I would, there's not much I wouldn't do for him. Even in this line of um, our experiences, when they're not what we want them to be, sometimes still warm us. Um, I love the part of your story where she she rejected you, right? And you went through a crummy relationship. But my hunch is, you weren't ready for her yet, and she no. wasn't ready for you yet. Um, we we like to mess with her because every time that gets brought up, the rejection gets worse. <laughs> so what's the story up to now? Just how brutally she broke my heart but it's like stepped on it pretty much yeah she turned into taylor swift and wrote songs about how right. cool you were 
Yeah, that's, that's a new flavor to it. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I thought it was a little bit much when she painted pictures of you and set fire to them in the school. Right. Yeah. In she Arbor- wasn't first. <laughs> uh, Leslie rejected me at first, too, repeatedly. Uh, and, you know, so the story gets a little better every time we tell yeah. it, too. You know, she was washing her hair, so she couldn't go out with me. You know, she uh, she went into the witness protection program to say no. You know, all, the, all those sorts of things. But she, uh, she pulled me out of a dark place. And I, earlier this year, a lot of this kind of came back up. I got to thinking a lot about it. And I told her, uh, she saved my life. Because if I didn't have her and eventually find this faith, I wonder if I would be here right now. If I wouldn't have eventually pulled that trigger, yeah, and my gut tells me I would have. Mm-hmm. Well, she's a pretty special girl. You know, been as of this month married nine years. This previous month, Monday, been together for fourteen. I couldn't imagine not having her. Hey, now, come on. If you keep this up, I'm going to have to edit this on Valentine's instead of you. November, whatever whatever this is. Um, What's cool is you haven't got to hear what she said about you. And she hadn't told me a word. (laughs) Uh, She has said some of the same things about you. Um, And she told the story about, yeah, you were baptized right after the wedding, a week after the wedding, right? Right. Um, Following Sunday. But this year... You rebaptized her. That was something I never thought of doing. Look, I never thought of somebody not you doing it. And when you asked me, that was just, it's one of my favorite things anybody's ever asked me to do. And I remember going through it with you, and you know I don't like talking in front of people. Yeah. I got up there and stumbled over the words, and it wasn't, from nerves I was just so overwhelmed with the emotion of it when I first asked you I was a little afraid that like you were gonna kill me for making me nervous or something nerves had nothing to do with it that time it was the joy of it right I was so overwhelmed with it that I couldn't find the words I couldn't find the ability to speak for a second and we were going through a hard time at the moment yeah with the pregnancy it's pretty scary. We did so we uh, baby Oakley, because there was a lot of emotions around that time anyway, and that just piled onto it. But that was that was the good with the bad. Yeah, and that's life. Right. You know, you don't get to you don't get to pick. It all comes in one giant casserole, and sometimes there's onions in it. Right. You know. So talk to me about what these these last few years have been like for your journey because you know, your journey doesn't end when you come out of the water. No. Since then you've you've had kids, right? You've uh, lived in a couple of houses. You now have a farm of small terrifying creatures. Now I remember something else going through school. I remember everybody having their dream job. I never had that. I wanted a family. I wanted to be a dad for as long as I can remember. 
we weren't married a year before she was pregnant with Killian. We didn't know what we were getting into. And I had a lot harder time with that transition transition than I thought I would have. You know, the losing the sleep. Started losing my temper more. I just didn't handle it as well as she did. It's a stressful adjustment. And we got through it. Then I became, I did the same thing. She got tired of dealing with it. She thought I was unhappy and didn't really want it. So she offered me an out. She told me we could get divorced. You can sign away. I'll never look for any child support. Just if you need out to be happy, get out. And that, that broke my heart when I realized that I was doing that. Yeah. So I slowly would catch myself, start having to gain my patience back. Yeah. You know, it was after Ivy, I knew I was done. I didn't want another one (laughs) for a good five years. But wait, and we got more. We got to talking about it one day and it just clicked that we could do another one. We could have another one and it would be all right. And she hadn't threatened to divorce me yet. (laughs) (laughs) I've been a lot more patient with this one. And I think going through the difficulties of it really helped because the difficulties of the pregnancy helped with that because now she's here. It's such a relief that she's here and she's been perfectly healthy since she's been here when we didn't know what was going to happen. There was a pretty good period of time there where we thought we'd be having a a funeral, not a a baby shower. And, uh, but... I feel like Oakley is kind of the piece of the puzzle that's bringing the rest of us together in this family. Because Killian and Ivy are so good with her. Killian can get her laughing harder than anybody else. And it's just, it's definitely been one of the higher ups to bring us out of some of the worst downs we've had. Yeah. It's it's been a roller coaster. I'm not a big fan of roller coasters. No, I I can't ride them. So it's the emotional ones are worse. They're so much worse. And the problem is they don't even have a little sign that says you must be this tall to enter. Right. You just get put on those things whether you sign up or not. Right. But I couldn't. Couldn't imagine my life being any other way right now. It's amazing how it's all worked out. Right. And, you know, one of the things I'm just curious is I, I wonder what the next stages hold. You yeah. Know? Uh, we don't have crystal balls, so we don't know what this looks like, but your kids are getting bigger each day. Right. Um, you know, two out of three are in school, uh, some form or fashion. It, it makes me happy. And this might also not be a good thing that the two bigger ones, all they want to do is play with the preacher's kids. Yeah, that's not usually a good sign. They ask all the time, when are we going to Caleb and Katie's house? They ask me why they don't ever get to spend the night because <laughs> they just want to play with Caleb and Katie. Well, the preacher's kind of creepy. That's why <laughs> we warned you about those guys. And we've been, uh, I've not been the best about 
the getting them to Sunday school. Yeah, we're working on that. I'm trying to teach them early on, get them a sense of faith because it's my biggest fear for either of them, any of the three of them, to go through what I went through growing up. And we've already seen some bullying with Killian, and I see so much of myself in him. Yeah, it terrifies me. And you want to do whatever you can to have him be. Well, you want to protect him from it. Right. But unfortunately, the reality of the world is that's not an option because unless you live in a cave your entire life. Right. Which is not a fantastic option. The Wi-Fi is really bad in caves. Uh, you know, trying to teach our kids to be resilient. But the problem with that is the only way I find out if they're resilient is I see what happens when they fall and I don't want them to fall. It stinks. You know, my, my biggest thing too is I want them to not have that fear of talking about their problems yeah. to us because I I was scared to tell anybody what I was going through I was scared to be a burden I don't want them to feel like they're ever a burden to us but so we are working more on them having a relationship with God and getting them to do involved in some of the other extra stuff with church like we just did the trunk retreat the other night yeah. I was so proud of them that night because I couldn't hardly give candy to anybody because yeah. we had one of them on each side of the table giving all the candy away and they were so excited to do it I love seeing our kids hand out candy on Halloween I mean nothing wrong with kids trick-or-treating right. I love it that, that's fun too I mean if I don't do that I don't get to take the dad tax or the Milky Way so. right. but watching them hand out candy is so much cooler and they were both so good about it Killing was being especially generous. I had to tell him to slow down. I'd give as much so he wouldn't run out. <laughs> yeah. Come on, kid. Uh, they've, they both have a lot of love in their hearts. I can see. And I really want to help them to put that where it's most beneficial. Yeah. You know, our, our little humans are just such strange creatures. Right. I don't think I, like, I knew that they were going to be their own people when they were teenagers. I don't think I realized how much they would be their own people at three. But they really come out of the womb as their own little human beings. And uh, the illusion of my ability to control them, I mean, I can make them do stuff. But I can't control their thinking and their feeling. Not at all. So trying to help teach those skills, um, trying to help our kids know that um, they have worth, they have value. You know, one of the things that I want, I want my kids to have heard us say, I love you and I'm proud of you no matter what. So many times that when some jerk at school says something awful, they, they almost laugh at it because there's no way that could be true, you know? Yeah. Um, but man, that's tough. And it just kind of is what it is at this point. All I can do is pray and do my best to let them know that they are loved. They have worth. No matter what anybody tells them otherwise. Anybody who tells them otherwise is dumb and you shouldn't listen to them. And tell daddy and he'll come to school and in 12 to 15 years he'll get out. You know. <laughs> I don't know if I will a problem anymore. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. I can't. 
the kids came home one time and were talking about somebody who's being being mean. I'm like, tell me, tell me who they are. I'll, I'll go to school and beat them up. Daddy, you can't go to school and beat up a kid. Why not? It's a shame when our kids are smarter than we are, isn't it? Right. Like, I do hate that there is so much hurt and hate in the world that in elementary school, they have to deal with some of that. Sometimes I can be the best teacher, though. That's, I don't like that teacher. I would like to sign up for another class. Can't always be that easy. No. That's a big reason of why I like to be able to help people. Yeah. And why I try to be more jolly, happy all the time. Cause who wants to be sad all the time? But you meet some people who sure seem to enjoy it. Right. I've had enough people trying to bring out the worst in me. If I'm any other way, let them win. I'd rather not do that. And older I get, the more I think about it, the more I want to be bring out the best in people and help in any way I can. And yeah. not always done the best at that, but it's a good goal, even if you don't hit it all the time. Right. Again, I think about y'all's last couple of years. Um, Kayla's mom had some major health stuff. Oakley had major health scare before she was born. You guys have moved. Um, She's had some job changes. You've got your beautiful family farm, which doesn't add any stress or chaos to your life. Um, what have you learned through all of the muck and the mess for the last couple of years? That just no matter what happens, I have really just learned what's most important to me, who's most important to me, that they're there no matter how low I can get, they'll be there to help build me back up. And it's always good to know who's on your team. And I've learned a lot more about chickens than I ever thought I would know. <laughs> yeah. I told her I never, she was the one wanted the farm. Yeah. I didn't care one thing about it. I would kill somebody over any one of those chickens at this point. <laughs> So I'm not calling you Colonel Sanders from here on out. But, uh, I would follow her about anywhere, you know, because home is where the heart is. And for me, she's home. Whether it's Charlotte or White Bluff or Florida, I'd rather it not be Florida. <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. You two work well together. She's definitely brought out the best in me, I think. And you bring out the best in her. Try. You do. You absolutely do. She would say as much, too. I really am excited for you guys to get to hear each other's. I'm ex more excited to hear hers than I am for her to hear mine. <laughs> Oh, it'll be good. Well, Taylor, man, is there anything else you want to share with us today? I think that was pretty much it. That was perfect. That was absolutely perfect. Man, well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, opening up and telling your story about um, some of the roller coaster rides that we would like to get off of. 
uh, but the value that God has brought even through some of that stuff. Thanks for sharing about your your beautiful family and your journey and the difference that uh, a book nerd across the cafeteria can make uh, in your life once she stops stepping on your heart. (laughs) It has been a good time, friends. Thank you so much for listening today. You know where to find this show. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You're listening to it right now. You already know how to find it. Why am I telling you how to find it? This is dumb. If if you get a chance, share it with a friend. Help somebody else enjoy these stories. What's neat about these stories is I have yet to find somebody who can't find themselves in one of these stories, who can't relate to a part of it. And I know that you related some today, too. Until next time, I can't wait to hear what God is up to in your story. Thanks for listening to Rough Drafts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review. Until next time, let's keep looking for how God writes his love into our stories.